This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. No, your ears do not deceive you. It is time for a new episode of I Am Gotham. I'm Martin Ferretti, and tonight we will be discussing Batman number three from the fall of 1940. Let's get on with the show. So the first story is uh, the strange case of the diabolical puppet master. And uh, I always love how these issues start, by the way, these early Batman stories, because the first page is always, it always looks kind of like, uh, like the cover of the story with, uh, with a little panel in the lower right, um, kind of setting up the action a little bit. So that's cool. And uh, th- this panel is actually pretty awesome. It's got uh, the eponymous puppet master uh, holding puppets of Batman and Robin. And uh, the Robin one looks a little weird, but uh, still cool. Anyways, so let's talk about the strange case of the Diabolical Puppet Master. Uh, As Batman is uh, running around Gotham City looking for criminals to stop, he notices uh, this guy, a Cossack, or a guy dressed up as a Cossack. He uh, pushes over this man, and uh, so Batman has to jump in and starts fighting this this crazy guy in a green costume. And uh, another guy rushes out of a car and knocks Batman out. The two bad guys get away, and the guy that was shoved over uh, talks to Batman. He's like, are you okay? Are you hurt? He's like, thanks for uh, for helping me. You know, that guy was kind of rude pushing me over. And so uh, Batman finds out that this guy is Dr. Craig, not to be confused with uh, Craig from, from issue two, the uh, lamb wolf guy. Uh, this is a different guy. And he is a famous scientist working on, uh, like, atomic nuclear physics and he has developed this formula uh, that somehow is going to be used by the uh, military to create a weapon so Batman decides that he's going to find out who these two guys that attacked him are and finds one of them at a local theater and it turns out that they're puppet masters they uh, they run a puppeteer show and uh, I guess that was still a thing in the 40s I mean I don't know a whole lot about uh you know like pop culture back then but i figured by the 40s maybe movies were a bigger thing and uh, puppetry was kind of out but maybe not so anyways uh, batman has robin go to their dressing room uh, with a stethoscope and listen through the walls to see what they're talking about and it turns out that they're being controlled by a real puppet master Who's this like huge guy with a big pot belly and a crazy like villain mustache? And uh, he kind of reveals his plan, right? So the Dr. Craig has this atomic formula, and the puppet master um, is using like a, a mind control serum that he injects into his victims. And he had one of his guys inject Dr. Craig with the serum so that he could control them and take the uh, the atomic formula. Remember, all the bad guys in, in these early Batman stories are pretty dumb because they always reveal their plot. And I guess it's kind of cool in a way. Uh, it, it gives it a little bit of cheesiness, but uh, it, it does fill you in on quite a bit of detail um, as you read the story. So Batman goes and uh, he finds these, uh, these mind-controlled puppet guys uh, at Dr. Craig's house and... Uh, like knocks him out 
and we learn a little bit more about the Puppet Master's plan. He's got like a bunch of people that he's mind-controlled. There's a really cool circular panel in here that I hadn't seen this type of panel before in uh, in a Batman story. And uh, it, it really showcases this guy's mind-control abilities. So if you get a chance, take a look at that. Um, it's on page 8 of uh, Batman number 3. Uh, so Batman gets on his bat plane with Robin and they go and try to uh, try to stop all these mind-controlled guys from uh, taking over the formula. Uh, the military's got this gun that they're transporting on a train. I'll tell you, Batman, these Batman stories, man, they love some trains. Um, anyway, so Batman goes and uh, knocks a bunch of these guys out. And uh, as this is happening, one of them injects Batman with the mind control serum. So now the puppet master is able to uh, control Bruce and Batman as one of his puppets. And he decides what a perfect way to get rid of the Batman. <coughs> you know, he's, he's already folded his plan a couple of times. Now that he's mind controlled, he's going to use Batman to steal the formula. And, of course, get him in trouble with the cops. Um, and that way, you know, not only will he get the formula, but he'll have Batman out of the way so that he can sell the formula to, quote-unquote, warring nations uh, and make a boatload of money off of it. So, Batman goes, tries to steal the formula, um, and I think some jewels as well. And Why the jewels? I don't know. Look, jewel theories everywhere, Okay. This is Gangster Nation right here. And uh, anyways, the cops go after him, and uh, Batman gets away. While all this is happening, Dick figures out, hey, Bruce isn't here, his costume's gone. Maybe he went after the Puppet Master. So Dick goes to the Puppet Master's house and sees Batman there, who is obviously mind-controlled. Um, he's like, these are for the Master, I must obey. And he's like, what? He hit me. My best friend, and he hit me. And uh, he quickly realizes he's being mind-controlled. You know, he's like, Master, obey. I've got it. He's hypnotized. So <laughs> Robin somehow manages to uh, knock Batman out. He punches him in the throat uh, and knocks him out and somehow uses an electrical shock to uh, knock him out of this hypnosis. So Batman goes back to the Puppet Master's house with the jewels and still pretending to be hypnotized. Uh, the Puppet Master's like, yes, Batman's alive. Give me, give me my stuff. And uh, Batman's like... Yeah, you're gonna have to come and get it. And of course, the puppet master realizes, oh shite, he's not actually hypnotized. And uh, Batman knocks him out, and the puppet master is arrested. So, really cool story. Um, you know, a type of story like this has been done quite a bit. First one of them reading from uh, from the Golden Age, but it's been done quite a bit since. And uh, I mean, these these kind of like puppet master stories could get really creepy really fast. And uh, this one's not so much, right? Stuff in the 40s is still a little bit campy. So um, I I'm actually reminded of uh, like the stuff in Jessica Jones uh, with the Purple Man. That that stuff is really creepy. And uh, there there's some of that here, but uh, not too much. Anyways, Puppet Master's gone. The end, Puppet Master. Have a good one. Let's go to the next story, eh? So the next story is The Ugliest Man in the World. And uh, I, I gotta tell you, that is the worst name for a villain in the history of villainy. Uh, but Batman sees a bunch of guys uh, trying to rob this museum. He starts knocking them out. And there's a police detective there. 
who gets in the way. Uh, Detective, uh, oh god, what's his name? Um, McGonigal. And he's appeared a few times afterwards as well. Uh, He's part of the uh, GCPD. And uh, he thinks that Batman's involved in this this robbery of the museum. So he tries to arrest Batman. Batman kind of knocks him out. And uh, it's it's an interesting foil. He actually appears in a story uh, in this issue as well, uh, one of the later stories. We'll get to that in a few. And uh, I, I like I like that Batman has this foil who is one of the good guys, but thinks that Batman isn't one of the good guys. Um, that gets played a bit, quite a bit with in uh, in Batman history. Um, I'm thinking of like Batman Murderer, for example. So it's it's pretty cool stuff. So this is the first time we're seeing it here. Uh, this this McIngle guy, he he's kind of a joke with the GCPD, and uh, you know he's he's trying to make a name for himself. He's really he thinks he's like a, a amazing detective, but as we start seeing in these stories, he's really a pretty sh- crappy detective. Uh, the only thing that's saving him really is Batman is, is stopping these criminals and allowing him to take credit for uh, for the arrests. Anyway, so Batman wants to figure out what's going on with these guys. He talks to some uh, some socialites at Gotham. And as he's doing that, one of the guys' face starts getting super ugly just all of a sudden. He, like, he quits talking. His, his nose gets bigger. His eyes are bulging. Like His mouth is wider. Um, he just looks very odd. And uh, it turns out that this is happening to a lot of people. They're just kind of changing into ugly people and becoming part of this mob that's uh, destroying beautiful things and of course as it turns out the ugliest man in the world is behind it he's their leader and uh, he wants to destroy all things of beauty so that ugly people can uh, take their rightful place uh, and and take over the world kind of odd but uh, actually the way the story resolves is pretty cool Uh, as it turns out uh this guy has been posing as one of the socialites and uh so he knows everybody right and he's been wearing a mask the whole time now how how this mask can like imitate his real face so perfectly where like he talks and like people don't think he's wearing a mask it is kind of weird but uh it's still interesting um so batman tries to stop he figures out who this guy is he tries to stop him and uh they knock him out he gets sent to uh, the ugliest man in the world's dungeon, and there's a few other socialites there. And that's when we get to learn about the backstory of the ugliest man in the world. And uh, his name was Carlson, and while he was in, uh, in college, um, he was in a fraternity. And they were, like, kind of pranking, trying to prank this one guy. He uh, mixed a bunch, literally, this is what happens. All right, here, you know what? I'm just going to read it. It's a hypo needle filled with a lot of drugs. I mix together haphazardly. I'll pretend to inject it into Carlson. And, uh, well, they don't pretend to inject it. They actually inject this guy. And nothing happens. He's fine for a couple days. And all of a sudden, his face starts turning hideous. His, uh, his fiance is like, I can't marry you. You're super ugly now. And so, you know, this causes a mental breakdown in him. And he becomes a villain. And so for 15 years, he, he works to try to recreate this formula. Uh, that makes people ugly. And uh, not only does he want to make a mob of ugly people to destroy beautiful things because he's so ugly that he doesn't want to see any beauty anywhere, 
but he's also uh, kidnapped people that hurt him in the past. So it turns out that one of these socialites that he has in his dungeon is his ex-fiancee. And he's going to uh, use the serum to make her ugly so that maybe she'll love him again or at least realize the things that he's gone through. Anyways, after all this uh, is revealed, Batman comes in with Robin. Robin uses his uh, trusty slingshot to uh, knock the needle off of the ugliest man in the world's hand so he can't inject his ex-fiance. Um, he lets Batman go from his shackles. Uh, Batman takes down all these guys. And as this is happening, the detective comes in. And uh, he, he's kind of like a, a comedic element in here. Because uh, every time he shows up and tries to uh, stop a crime... When he realizes that Batman is there, he wants to go after Batman instead of stopping the criminal. Uh, fortunately, Batman has already stopped the criminal, so he kind of, he, uh, <laughs> he, knocks, uh, he knocks the detective over the head, so his hat is like covering his entire face, and that gives him time, uh, him and Robin time to get away. And of course, the detective uh, gets credit for stopping the mob of ugly people. And uh, that's the end of the issue. So it's it's cool. Like there's serious elements in here, uh, but there's also a lot of comedic elements, especially with this detective. And uh, I looked it up. The uh, the disease. There's a disease that's actually mentioned in this book, uh, which is what the uh, the ugliest man in the world has, and it's called myxedema. And it's, apparently it's a real thing. Um, it's caused by hypothyroidism, and so the the cure. Well, there's no cure, but there's a treatment. And uh, the way to treat it is uh, with an extract from sheep thyroid. I don't know if that's still the case, um, but that's how it was first uh, treated back in the late 1800s. So that's, that's kind of cool to see uh, that there's, even though the whole ugliest man in the world thing seems super cheesy and kind of impossible, like very comic booky, that it's based on, on something from, from reality. Um, and there's some pictures of, of the disease. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't turn you super ugly. It kind of like puffs your eyes out, um, gives you this weird texture on your skin. Um, so you can look at that. It's not. Uh, it's not very graphic. So uh, don't feel like you're going to be uh, freaked out if you take a look at these. It's not like Elephant Man stuff. You know what I'm saying? So really cool story. Um, I enjoyed it. Let's go to the next one. This is the Crime School for Boys, and uh, this is probably my least favorite of. of the bunch, the, the four stories in this book. Uh, so I'm just going to quickly gloss over it. Uh, it turns out that there's a school for boys um, that is not just a school, but a school for, like, run by mobsters. And they, they're they teaching these boys so that, uh, as, as, like, for example, Batman uh, arrests some of these uh, mobsters, they can pick kids out of the school to become uh, errand boys and criminals. And, of course, Batman decides that Dick should go into the school to uh, see if he can get some inside scoop. Because, of course, Dick's a kid, right? So he can blend in. And we've seen Batman do this kind of thing before. Uh, a couple issues back, um, we had that one story where the uh, the schoolmaster and the teacher are, like, printing fake money. Um, and, and Dick was used to infiltrate that school as well. So we're seeing that again here. Uh, this one's not quite as interesting, though. Uh, but Dick befriends the boys and teaches them to fight fairly, really. Like when they're playing basketball, he, he tells them, you know, why they should follow the rules and be ethical. Uh, so there's, there's a little bit of a life lesson there. Um, the boys get uh, contracted by a big boy who's, who's a mobster. 
and uh, they're going to be robbing a bank. And of course, Batman knows all this because Dick's there, and so he has the inside scoop. And uh, Batman is able to uh, find Big Boy's hideout and kind of challenges it to a fight. Uh, All his mobster buddies have guns on Batman. He's like, well, you know, there's nothing I can do about the guns. He's like, if you weren't a sissy, or he says, if you weren't too yellow, and uh, I guess that that was a a bad thing back in the day. Uh, But it's kind of funny because he actually wears a yellow outfit. Um, Anyway, uh, the guy's like, yellow... I'll be a, it'd be a pleasure to push you around. So they start uh, they start wrestling, and uh, Batman like body slams Big Boy, and that's when the boys realize like, you know, this this mobster is kind of yellow. Like we don't need to be following this guy. You know, we can do better. And so they all promise that they're going to go straight. And uh, of course, they mention a little bit how they wish Dick hadn't moved away because you know Dick was just there to get the inside scoop. Anyway, a little short and done. Um, it's kind of cool. Like, you know, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of some of these uh, explicitly mobster stories, but uh, this one was fine. All right, and then the final section of issue three is the Batman versus the Catwoman, because of course you have to have Catwoman in all these books. She's freaking awesome. Although I'm not a big fan of the costume back then. She's got a uh, she, she wears a yellow dress with a big red cape and. A, an actual cat mask which looks super cheesy but uh, I don't know it, it's alright I, I much prefer of course the, uh, the the later outfits especially you know like into the 80s and 90s the scene opens with uh, Batman chasing Catwoman and then we get to know a little bit why he's chasing her so she, she robs some jewels from these socialites in Gotham and uh, by, by this time she's making the paper right because she, she has becoming a famous cat burglar no pun intended and uh, batman of course needs to know what's going on why she's taking these jewels and needs to stop her and as it turns out she's been working with these gangsters and they hired her to take these jewels the jewels are worth like tons of money okay um and so she's going in a spree for these guys it ends up that there's going to be some kind of like fashion show for uh for this company that sells jewelry and she poses as one of the models to try to get some of these jewels. And the ones that she's wearing are like worth $10,000. And I don't know what that is. Like, I, I didn't look up uh, the, the inflation rate. I would assume it's like, you know, millions of dollars in, in today's money. Uh, so obviously uh, worth the risk of getting these. And uh, I like the ways it's done, by the way, because as she's coming out as the model to show the jewels off, it's just a woman, a blonde woman coming out, you know, a beautiful looking woman. But then when you cut to the next panel, you actually see Catwoman in her regular outfit. Like just her, her face with the black hair, uh, kind of like we've seen in previous issues. And then in the next panel, it cuts back to this blonde woman. So, of course, you kind of realize that it is Catwoman, right? I mean, if you're paying attention. Maybe you think, uh, like, that's kind of a snafu on the, the coloring or whatever. Uh, but I think it's pretty obvious that you should know that this is Catwoman. Anyways, she uh, she throws, like, a something on the ground that causes this burst of light and uh, gets away with the jewels. And uh, as she's getting out of the building, the mobsters grab her. And it turns out that the mobsters have kind of double-crossed each other. So there were two guys that, were, uh, that hired a Catwoman. And uh, one of them decided 
if they did it this way, he wasn't going to get as much money. And so he double-crossed the one guy, and he was going to kidnap Catwoman and kill her so that he can take 100% of the profits. And, uh, of course, Batman's been following the whole time because uh, he's been chasing after after Catwoman. The whole plot's revealed, and uh, Catwoman thanks Batman for, for the whole thing. And it's weird because, like, before he even says, hey, like, I need to take you to the cops, they have this whole conversation about everything that's happened. It's about, like, three or four panels. Um, and finally he's like, yeah, I'm going to take you to the police. And she's like, oh, yes, of course, take me to the police. She's like, I'll do anything for you. Like, I'm so grateful that you saved me. And uh, she she goes in and kisses him, which, of course, catches Batman. Uh, he, he's a little disconcerted by the whole thing. She pushes him off, runs away. She takes the uh, the gangster's car and speeds off. And uh, Robin's like, come on, let's go get her. And Batman's like, eh, I'm just going to let's just skip this one. Let her get away. She's too far away. Um, and there's a little bit of a hint that there might be some kind of romance thing going on. And Robin's like, ugh, romance, gross. You know, you know how little boys are. So uh, it was cool. I like uh, I like the the further development of this relationship, right? So she's been in a few issues that we've discussed, and uh, we we know that later on she does become a love interest. But I like how uh, all these seeds are being implanted and expanded upon every time she comes in, right? Because the first time we saw Catwoman, um, there was a little thing like he was smitten by her beauty. But it wasn't like, oh my god, this this cat lady, like she's beautiful, I need her. And by by this time, this is like the third time I think that we've had a, a Catwoman story. Um, you're starting to see a little bit more of that, you know. Now he's joking about a romance. Um, I should have mentioned this whole time that uh, Detective uh, McGingle, um, he shows up in this issue as well, and he he's the comedic foil again. And uh, at the end, Batman uh, is following him through the streets, and he throws a, a box at him. And inside the box is the jewels that uh, Catwoman had stolen with a note uh, says, you know, here's the missing jewels. Uh, the, the, the criminals are apprehended. Uh, you can take all the credit. Your pal, Batman. And uh, he's like, my pal? He's like, I'm going to deliver the jewels. He's like, but, you know, I, I always get my man. I will catch you, Batman. And then uh, as, as the page ends in the last panel, we have uh, a cut to the Catwoman who has been driving away in the gangster's car. And uh, she says, I sort of wish the Batman were driving the car and I were sitting beside him. And we were just another boy and girl out for a ride on a moonlit night. And that would be sort of, sort of nice. And that's it. That's the end of uh, issue three. I, lo- I love this stuff. This is, I'm, I'm enjoying reading these stories so much. Um, I can't wait to, uh, to read the next one. And I'm hoping you enjoy the show. So this is the second issue of the second episode I put out this week. Uh, the next one will be out on Monday, as long as the eclipse doesn't destroy the world. And I uh, think going forward, I'll probably just do twice a week, Mondays and Fridays. Uh, be sure to let me know what you think. I'm at Geekvine on Twitter. The uh, email address is nerdlegion at gmail.com. And uh, check out all the other shows on the network. That's going to wrap it up. Stay safe and have a good night.